Thank you for being with us here at Radio Law Talk. You can call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. This is exciting, entertaining, and usually informative, but I just miss having those alien shows. I cannot compete with the alien shows with my two hosts. We, we just can't do it. Remember, I wanna, I want, I've got some important announcements. On, on September 20th, 2019, Todd, what is happening? That is the Storm Area 51 event. Not one that I, it's just informational. I'm not going to it, but it's the, it's the event that's been hailed as they can't stop all of us. And I'm thinking, I don't know, have you ever seen the military might <laughs> I believe they could if they wanted. I don't know. You got aliens coming down. They're going to visit us on September. I mean, on September 20, 2019. Everyone's going to Area 51, yep. and I wish we could go there live, Cal. I, I, I think that would be great. I to think sit we there. can if we want. I to. think we need to sit there and do a live show if we can, <laughs> and, and and do and just wait for aliens. Is there any way we can transport our show from instead of nine to noon Saturdays on? Nine to midnight mm. on Saturday. <laughs> I wonder if we could like have them pick us up in a spaceship and take us there. Yes. Play around with the time content time warp yes. continuum and maybe have it. It's possible, Fred. I think it's. I think there's radio law talk for outer space law. Scully, Mulder, maybe and they can help us. We can have outer space law with Star Trek, and maybe Spock will come back and visit us. Even better. So that's what we do here. It's not what we're going to talk about this next hour will not be as good as the space alien shows late at night, driving in Nevada with a flat tire all by yourself in a storm. Well, you know, the the event scheduled for September 20th, that is a Friday night. Hmm. So, you know, that would be if it was Friday at like midnight or whatever it was, we'd be going live here on Radio Law Talk a mere nine hours after midnight. And so... You know what, though, Todd and Denise? Amargosa Valley's not too far from Area 51. I wonder if we should go visit our affiliate station in the Amargosa Valley in Nevada. I I bet... I like something. the Amargosa Valley. I do, too. I bet that we could do some, have some fun. That's much more interesting than us talking about the law. It, it could be. And, you know, a, a high likelihood that a phrase such as the following, Fred, why do you have that green glow about you after attending the event <laughs> last night? I don't know. <laughs> I not Fred Penny. What you talk about? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've lost a, a time period yeah. of my life. We're going to talk remember. about Facebook lawsuit today. Uh, face recognition issues. We're going to talk about uh, what it means to be swatted. There's a, it's illegal to get swatted. I, I didn't understand what that was. We're going to make sure you don't swat someone. We're going to mention that. ASAP Rocky is found guilty in Sweden, and we're got to talk about the lawyer using his. His private jet to move some marijuana mm. out of California back to New York. And it's actually in the general Sacramento area. He actually is renting a $10,000 home in Granite Bay, California. Those of you who don't know. Wait, you mean 10000 a month? A month. Yeah. 10000 a month. Nice. In Granite Bay, California. This is a very high-end area of California. And we're heard all over the country at Radio Law Talk. Look up Granite Bay and just know, and they're supposedly growing marijuana in the garage. Now, here's the thing. Why are you doing that when you could grow it legally most of the place now? You know, it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Now, here's, here's the well, interesting. In, indoor plants are worth more, first off. Yes. But... Granite Bay special. That's got to have some kind of upscale yes. marketing yes, thing to it, right? Be. Isn't that where Eddie Murphy's mansion was? He I mean, was. Yeah. He was. So. And I think it's still for sale for $21 million. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. I want some Los Lagos gold. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the place where he used to live, Los That's Lagos, right, yes. Granite Bay. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah. So uh, I actually met with some uh, police officers uh, for, let's see, what's today, Saturday? It was Thursday. And I, and they, they talk about how they flew up, and it was in a small town out of California up in the mountains where they use these helicopters to fly around and look at, for marijuana grows, right? That was what they used to do to bust these marijuana grows. And I asked him, I said, you see any? He said, nope. I said, well, where's your buddy, you know, the, the, the other guy? He goes, he's up now, up flying around looking. I said, has he seen anything? He told me, he said, nope. I said, I always thought you guys were flying around, you see stuff. He goes, Fred, we used to see it all the time. 
we noticed that it's disappearing. I said, why? He said, it's now legalized. Yep. And so people are growing it like legal, but they're growing it in, you know, industrial indoors. areas, indoors, and it's putting them out of business. He goes, it's putting the like cartel guys out of business and we're flying around and we're used to see them hidden in the mountains by a stream. He said, that's not there anymore. My first ride on a Huey was as a TV news guide going out on a campaign against marijuana planting or camp raid, which is just what you're talking about. They'd go up and see the bright difference in coloration of the of the plants from above. They're very easily distinguishable from above. And they'd go, okay, mark that spot, mark that spot, send guys up, and they'd raid them and cut them down. It was pretty funny. Yeah, but the interesting thing is, they're not. That's that. Not who would anymore. have thought the yeah. legalizing of marijuana? And I said that would happen. It's lowered the price and put these guys out of business. And you know, I'm not saying if you're a proponent, pro or con, but one positive thing I'm going to say. What's the one positive thing about this? We're getting tax dollars now out of it. Probably not all of it, but not at least we're much. getting some tax yeah. dollars. Just a story now that yeah. says that the the legal market and the illegal market. There was just a story in the L.A. Times this last week that says the illegal market is still about two to one ahead of the legal market because the state just can't get its act together on taxation. And right. and, and it costs more to buy legal marijuana, so people are still going to you know buy the cheap stuff. Right, right. So anyway, uh, and by the way, where you live, you have a drive-through marijuana? Uh, dispensary, yeah. Dispensary? Yeah. It's one of the first drive-through marijuana dispensaries in the United States. Yeah, I only go there for my friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, for friends. And that's why Cal uh, takes hey, a little Hey, I need while. something from you. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I need, sorry. I got some stuff in the car for you. By the way, we, we, you know, we, have, uh, we have listeners in, in Oregon. Right. And I seem to recall, and if one of the listeners wants to email us info at Radio Law Talk, but this seems to stick out in my mind that Arizona or Oregon, rather, proposed when they were proposing the legalization of marijuana, they projected revenue to be a certain amount. And actually, the actual revenue collected exceeded the proposed amount by what? Five to ten fold, in in fact, in in terms of the amount of money. But if anyone's listening from Arizona, again, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. why do I keep saying it it starts with an O? But look, if you're from Arizona (laughs) and you're interested in Oregon, that's fine, too. But if anybody from Oregon is listening and wants to email, knows the answer to that question to info at Radio Law Talk, we'll address that in a future show or later on today if we get it. I would be curious to know what the uh, revenue projections are. Or you can are. call in at 855-LAW-RADIO yeah. and, uh, yes. while, we're, while we're live. So we're going to talk about these this stuff, but, but we have to get into a case or no case, Cal. Do we have time to at least tease it or I, not? I, I can tease it for you a little okay, bit. Okay, why don't you just tease uh, yeah, it a little, a little bit? A little, little more than a minute. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take you back to the oil rush of Texas in the early 1900s and the town of Wichita Falls, which at that time was a huge oil town. And you and I have said before on this show, I think everybody has, if crooks worked as hard at legitimate enterprise as they do at swindling people, they'd probably make every bit as much money, if not more. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's Well, that's exactly we have a case or no case that centers around an alleged swindle. Again, it's a scenario. I'm not telling you if it's true or not, but an alleged swindle that took place in Wichita Falls, Texas, in the oil rush. Wow, because it's Wichita, there. Kansas, yeah. not Wichita, Kansas. No, Wichita Falls, Wichita Texas. Wichita Falls, Texas. Yeah. Now, we do have KBDT out of Dallas. They love our show, and they play our show on KBDT Dallas. We'll be back after this with Case or No Case, and we're going to talk about Facebook. Remember, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or... 855-529-7234. We'll be back. You are listening to Radio Law Talk. Remember, you can we podcast every one of our episodes. You can go there to our website and listen to them anytime. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAndAssociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack. Pretty shiny section just because I want to. Don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the duck. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can't we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Are you serious? You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Let's talk about Texas and uh, oil, right? Well, kind of. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. And now Case or No Case, and I take you to Wichita Falls, Texas, to the Newby McMahon Building. 701 LaSalle at the corner of 7th and LaSalle Streets, downtown Wichita Falls. This late neoclassical style red brick and cast stone structure is impressive for its size, considering it was built in 1918 and 1919. Still, the Newby McMahon building is a source of great embarrassment to the city and its residents after it was built in 1919 and is to this day in a way and also in a twisted sense of pride. Investors were in an uproar because when the building was completed, they said they had been built because the dimensions were way off. The builder said, no, they are exactly as specified in the blueprints I showed you. And oh, by the way, in the blueprints that each of you signed. And after the building was completed, 
they sought counsel, and so I ask you, case or no case, and I will start with, I think it's your turn, Mr. Cunin, to be the lead dog in this train. Go Woof. Ahead. Yeah. Woof, woof. You think this is a dog, do you? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. All right. All right. And I say this only because I highly doubt any of my cohorts will agree with me on this one. And so, and it's only because I have 17 points and I'm, you know, at a minimum 10 points behind Denise at least. Oh, by the way, should we? Okay. I'm not going to let you risk more points. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah well, you're saving me for myself. I have a, yeah, yeah. This is exactly. this is case or nor case. Tough love by Cal. <laughs> it's an intervention, you know, to keep me from zeroing out. Um, you know, I'm just going. I'm not even going to analyze the ins and outs of all of this. I'm going to say that Cal challenged himself today to see if he could sneak three. No cases by the panel just to see if he could do it because whatever. And (laughs) I'm going to say that because of that, this is the third. Going for the hat trick, Hmm. I say no case. All right, Mr. Kennedy, I think that's fair enough. Uh, Denise, you're at his left as we go around the table, card dealer style. What say you on the matter of uh, this building? What's again the name of the building? What say you on the matter of this building at the corner of the 7th Doobie and LaSalle? The McMahon Building. Yes, what say you? Pass. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> In cards, can you pass? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm still don't even know what the heck this thing's about. Okay, go this ahead. is what I think. I think that the city council signed off on the um, blueprints and that each of them signed off on it that they they tried to sue because they were embarrassed by this huge bricking and cast building that looked awful and turned out different than what anybody expected and what you know it was like against their their rules that it had to be a certain small size and and stay in, in line with a small town little town and that the city council loses so you say plaintiff, plaintiff prevails well who's plaintiff well, the city council's plaintiff. So you say defendant prevails, right? Yes. The builder, in other words. The prevails. builder had proof okay. that they approved. Okay. All right. So right. you're saying in 1918, they he goes to build this building uh, called the Newby McMahon Building. Correct. And the city council approved it, and they're building it for. Oh no, the... I'm talking. I'm, I'm not talking about city council. I'm talking okay. about investors. Investors, investors build this. Oh. Yeah. They yeah. now yeah. don't like it because something we don't know why. And he says, "Too bad you signed the blueprints." Here it is. Pay me, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. That's what it gets. Okay, ahead. I didn't know it was investors, so I have the wrong plaintiff. Well, well, the the, the investors are the ones who sued the builder. Right. So, so you're saying the, the the investors won. That's what you're saying. No, she's no, saying I'm the saying the builder won. won. Okay, good. The builder won. All right, let's go on this. Let's get this one over because this okay. is, I don't like this one. So the answer is <laughs> yes. It's a case. It's a case. This okay. is a stupid one. I think this Newbie McMahon building is a famous building. Something happened. I think this is a real old. I like the old 1919 stuff because I think that is when Cal finds these weird cases way back when. It's true. So that is a case. <laughs> and the winner of this is going to be the builder because they signed off on the plans. Well, that's what is interesting. the answer? So you and Denise basically have the same response, and Mr. Cunin yes. says the whole thing is as fake as a $3 bill. Yes, I do. Okay, well, I w- would you like me to give you the answer? No, yes. because I certainly can. Those of you who say it was not a case, would you raise your hand, please? Oh, <laughs> oh Talk about hey, zero look, points look, all three hours. Look, there's a, there's a hat trick going on, and the hat trick is me losing all three. All right, yes. For those oh, of success you by failure. Who say it was a case, Fred and Denise. Yes. Congratulations to you. Denise, good job. High five, man. (laughs) When the builder, a certain Mr. McMahon, announced in 1918 he would build a high-rise annex to the newbie building as a solution to the new need for office space, investors were eager. They put in $200,000, which is equivalent to about $3 million today. And they got out the plans. He showed it to them. It said this is clearly labeled as 480 feet tall is what everybody thought. Well, guess what the blueprint said? 480 inches tall. What? Inches tall. And so this building that everybody thought was going to climb to the heavens stands 40 feet tall. Its exterior is 18 feet by 10. 
There's a little stairway on the inside and room for three desks. And they invested two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <Right>, exactly. <laughs> they got hosed over. So they thought it was four hundred feet and it was forty feet. And it was forty right. It was forty eight feet instead of four hundred eighty because he said four hundred eighty oh. inches. And so guess what? The judge looked at them and said you guys signed the blueprints. What do you want from me? And so the, nice. the, so the builder prevailed. And yes. so both of you are correct, ladies and gentlemen. That wow. Is that's an interesting Texas that, case. That's a good story. I love it. That's a great story about building a 40 foot uh, or 40 inches yeah. building. 480 uh, inches, inches instead of 480 feet. Instead of 480 feet. Still stands today. It's on the National Register now because it's such wow. an interesting little thing, and it's owned by the downtown, or at least it was. I'm going to so, look it up. So yeah, it's called cool. the Newbie McMahon Building. Yep. We're going to look that up a little bit later. I'll be glad you did. It's kind of fun. Thanks, Cal, for that. That was a great case or no case. Hey, let's talk about Facebook a little bit. They're, sure. They're, 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 uh, we're, but before yeah, we yeah. finish, uh, get into Facebook, we got our times up. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll sure. talk about Facebook. Thank you, Fred. You're listening to Radio Law Talk right here on RadioLawTalk.com. And, of course, on your favorite radio station. We are grateful for you doing so wherever you listen and remind you that we do podcast all of our episodes. And there's no charge for that. It's absolutely free. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. When you, when you were, were a little, little kid, kid you, you thought, thought about, about what, what you wanted, wanted to be. Teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as, as you, got you got older, teaching didn't, didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you think it'll be something else. But what, what would your 12-year-old self say? Now, now you want to be a doctor. You don't, you don't think, think teachers, teachers save lives? lives? 25, 25 at a time. time. 
talk about Facebook. Let's go into that, that this interesting uh, thing that's going on, the biometric uh, privacy issue. Sure, sure, sure. You know, people who use Facebook are, you all know about the technology where your, your name can pop up in a picture if it, Facebook recognizes it and it sends you something saying, hey, you know, this looks kind of like you. And, and they have this facial recognition app, the facial recognition technology that Facebook uses. Uh, the state of Illinois passed a law that outlawed that um, the use of that kind of technology because they said it could be used to invade some security software and invades the right to privacy. Well, a group was suing Facebook, filing a clash action lawsuit, and Facebook filed a motion to dismiss for failure to certify the class, and the judge overseeing the trial dismissed or, or dismissed the motion, denied the motion, and certified the class. It went up on appeal to the Ninth Circuit, and this last week, the Ninth Circuit basically said, yeah, the judge got it right. They, we, the case should not have been dismissed. And when they did that, they looked at two things. They looked at whether the statutory provisions of the law outlawing the facial recognition were established to protect concrete interests, and they felt that that, was, that prong was met. And they also the second one that they looked at was whether or not the harm associated with this facial recognition technology presented whether people were presented a material risk of harm. And the court felt that that burden has been met, and so they said it was okay for them to justify the class. Now, when we started this episode of Radio Law Talk in our first hour, I talked about a facial recognition app that I was running, and I have been running it the entire time, by the way. Um, it is a biometric app. Now, most we're talking here in the case about the uh, getting pictures and biometric technology. I am running a biometric app that actually does facial recognition on everyone. I also have an associated storage device that can actually protect that, and it is 100% legal. Now, I'm looking around our studio here, and I see iPhones. I've got my iMac. I think Cal's using an iPhone back there. It's not on my phone. The app is called iSight. Okay, and everybody's got it. It's called iSight. The storage device is called a C-Amera, also known as a camera, and I use it every day. I recognize Fred's face because I can see Fred, and Fred has made his face known to the public. I'm looking at Denise's face. I can see Denise's face, and I recognize that because the app iSight is working. I can see Cal, and it is working, and if I took a picture of all of you right here, as we have done here today and even posted to Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter, um, the device has worked. 
And that is how this technology works. And so my opinion of this case and the law in Illinois is that it goes too far because you're trying to protect something that people by their very nature have made public. Your issue is not with the identification. Your issue that apparently this law has is the ease by which thousands of pictures can be viewed really quickly. But any human can do that just by using their eyesight. And where does it end? Yes. This is a slippery exactly. slope. And I, that's why I do. And again, I'm not a, we, a lot of times we, we fight Facebook. They don't fight them, but we say, hey, they should be not be doing this or that. But this is what I worry about a little bit because this is a slippery slope. And I'm going to argue in favor of this. Sure. I am going to say that it's because Facebook stores the data. And actually, people have access and businesses and worlds and countries and everybody has access to that data, that that data can be taken off of Facebook and utilized for criminal reasons that can harm people and certainly violate their privacy. And and my response is Facebook is not out there taking the pictures. It's only stored by Facebook because somebody uploaded a picture to Facebook with your information on it. Most of the time, by you. You posted a picture to Facebook. You posted a picture to Twitter. You posted a picture there. The images that are on Facebook, Twitter, wherever, are there because you posted them. And there's no prohibition, or for example. Or... Yes. If you're out in public and I have a pic- and I have a camera, I can come and take pictures of you. There's no prohibition on that. You can tell me not to, and, and if, I'm, if I'm nice, I won't. But I look at it the same way that law enforcement would look at a warrant. What can, what can law enforcement get under the expectation of privacy? Well, they can get your fingerprints without your consent. Not from you, but if you touched, uh, if you touched something and left a fingerprint there, I can go and get that. I can go and get that fingerprint off the glass that you touched. In fact, I, they do that all the time. That's right. You, I, you, I can, they can force you to put your fingerprint to get open your phone. They, they, they can, I, but I'm not even talking about getting something from you, your involvement. I can get your DNA sample. If you have left it anywhere, you know, epithelial cells left on a, on, on a straw or hair sloughing off, if I can or find it, I can get it. If, <laughs> exactly. If I can take a picture of it, I can get it. If law enforcement doesn't have the prohibitions on those expectations of privacy to get information that way, how come facial recognition – as long as it's something that's out in the public, is not okay, is now, not protected. Now I'm going to argue the other side sure. of it because which is what makes this great. Yes, it's the tagging of the names too, because now Facebook has a feature whereby people that do not necessarily want to have their name out there can be tagged by other persons, not themselves. And I think that this that this allows for any person to see that and know the person's name and they're not a public figure they're you know it shouldn't be out there like that so i'm i'm thinking that's also part of this lawsuit and i will say this in response facebook on the tagging has a feature where on your facebook account you can select i do not want others to be able to tag me in their photos so that nobody – first off, I can't t- – if you don't have a Facebook account and you're nowhere, I can't tag you in a photo. I can't say this is Denise if Denise doesn't have a Facebook account. True. And Denise can go into her Facebook account under the security measures and say, I don't want to allow anybody else to tag me, and I want to be informed if anybody tries so and that I can authorize it. that's what I have. Yes. So, so there are things there, but I agree with Fred. It's a slippery slope. It goes yeah. all the way down, and this can just be – this could be very dangerous. It and, and it's it, going to be certified as a class, class action. Is. And it's going to be big, deep pockets involved as defendants. And I, I think this is one to watch. I, I, I agree. We'll see how that goes. So I didn't know what swatted meant. There's a, apparently, see, see <laughs> here's the deal. I, I'm not a big computer guy. I'm not, a, I'm not a gamer. And I know Todd is to some degree. In fact, Todd has been on a number not a number. I'm going to say one very well-known, WWE. What's it called? It's uh, WWE 2K19. I am Baron Blade. So he is actually – so he knows what's going on. I have never heard of the the Fort, uh, the Fortnite World Cup. You, have you heard of that? I have. Fortnite is a huge game primarily because it was a free platform, and every kid and their dog was playing it. And they did. They had this tournament where this one kid won $3 million. Right. And, and, you know, Fortnite's a, it, the thing that makes Fortnite such a unique game is each gameplay only takes, uh, you know, 
no longer than 20 minutes to play before you start a new game because of the way the format is. Well, this guy was very a very popular gamer. He won the $3 million. He has a Twitch account. Now, for those of you who don't know what Twitch is, it's like YouTube, Vimeo, but it's a specific service that is used a lot by gamers because your Xbox feed or your computer feed, the video of the game you're playing goes right out and is broadcast out, and you can do commentary over the top of it so people can follow along. Well, this kid was playing with some of his friends, and they had a lot of Twitch followers. And the next thing you know, there's a knock at his front door. He tells the followers that are watching him on Twitch, I'll be back in a second, and comes back after about 15 minutes and says, I just got swatted. And that's where somebody who was watching, who found out his address, called the local police department, posing as him, posing as the kid, saying, uh, I've shot my dad several times and I have my mom tied up in the basement. Well, of course law enforcement's going to respond with the SWAT team, which is why they call it swatting. His dad answered the door, and that's what happened. It's... So, in other words, what it is is old-fashioned Fred Penny and Cal Hunter days. It's called prank calls, which we used to do. So, the old-fashioned prank calls that we would do, like, uh, hello, this is your local electrician. Yeah. Is your refrigerator running? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. You better go run out and catch it then. So those things is what's called swatting nowadays. And, and, and or, it has or, escalated. Or you, say, you call them and say, hey, you better go get some things burning on your front porch. And they go and they stomp out a burning bag of poop. Yep. That's right. Well, here's where it gets dangerous. Uh, a single father, I believe it was in Ohio, was the victim of swatting. When he answered the door, the SWAT team, right. the SWAT team opened fire and killed him. And, and he had no idea that was what was going on. Another guy got 20 years for swatting. It was employed primarily by gamers who were playing. You'd be in a game, and a, somebody else would be really good kicking everybody's butt in the game, and you wanted to get him out of the game, so you'd swat him. He'd have to log off because of that, and then you could play against better right. competition. An actual guy did that for getting beat. He got yeah. mad. Yeah. Yeah, and that was Call of Duty. Call of game. Duty, yeah. He and, got mad. And that's where it can get dangerous. We, we see you know, one guy lost his life as a result of it. It is illegal, so you know, watch your kids. Okay, hang out. We're going to talk a lot more about uh, ASAP Rocky. We're going to get into the jet, the guy who has a jet and flies his marijuana around. We'll be right back. You are listening to Radio Law Talk, and we are glad that you are right here on your favorite radio station. And don't forget, you can listen on RadioLawTalk.com as well. Stand by. We're having another little technical issue. These seem to crop up from time to time. It's getting a little frustrating, Fred, but it is what it is. Ah, don't matter. So don't worry We're ready about to it. Talk. Just, uh, we'll just uh, talk for a little bit here. Don't worry, local stations. Your break time will not be affected by this at all. I've talked to our technical gurus in Dallas and asked if we might get a better uh, replacement. So you just automation. want to talk during yeah, this? This we is just our have commercial a, we, we have about 45 seconds, so oh we can talk. Oh my gosh, so, we can talk. This is. Yeah, because, so let's just uh, talk like we're off air. Like we normally do? Well, the question is about the swatting, Fred. You know, you and I did some stuff. We'd call grocery stores and say, do you have Prince Philip in a can, you know, the cigarette tobacco? Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, let him out. Let him out. You know, that kind oh. of thing. Yeah, or is your refrigerator running? Right, I right, did that right. one. Yeah. What's the other ones we used to do? Uh, well, I don't remember. The refrigerator running was the main one. Yeah. You know what we do? Oh, we, we do the one we call a hearing aid place. Hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> we will be back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can't we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd do it. it. Me? <laughs> read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> The information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general. The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on RadioLawTalk.com as well. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. ASAP Rocky is a rapper that went to a uh, Stockholm, Sweden uh, concert. Apparently, there's some sort of big, big deal going on there. I don't know what it's called. It's a concert called. Hold on, it's a uh, called the Defiance. Uh, let's see, I don't know, uh, Blockfest Festival or something like that. And he goes there, and he somehow he and one of his uh, bodyguards go to a bar, which tells you. My dad always used to say, my mom, nothing good happens after midnight. And uh, apparently gets in a, a fight. And the issue is whether or not he was protecting himself and defending himself or not. He claims that he was defending himself, unfortunately. And so in Sweden, by the way, there's no bail. So he's thrown in jail. Um, and unfortunately for him, there's video of the whole thing, of people videoing it. And it shows kicking this and beating this 19-year-old kid or person while he's down, laying on the ground, and he's sentenced to 30, well, he serves 31 days in jail. He then uh, has found guilty, but what's interesting is President uh, Trump got involved and, and, and vouched for the rapper. So did uh, a couple of other, uh, Kim Kardashian and Rod Stewart. That's a big help. Um, Rod Stewart would be. I noticed you didn't say Kim. Well, one out, one out Kim. of three. <laughs> so anyway, and the other interesting thing is, so the judge finds him guilty but said, you know what, you didn't beat him too bad, and uh, we're just going to let it go. Basically, he said, yes, you've, you've, you've been punished enough by having 31 days in jail. And the best part about it, you didn't beat him that bad. <laughs> no, the judge found that he did not use a bottle. To yes. beat him, but I that know. he did use the the thing. But he kind of said he kind of said you didn't beat him that bad, you know. You know what I found interesting in that? Uh, two things. First, it's not the first time President Trump has gone to bat for an American citizen facing criminal charges in another country. You recall that he did that with one of the Ball sons, Lamelo yes. Ball, who got busted for shoplifting in China. Yes. And second, something different from our system is. The prosecutor has yet to determine whether they're going to appeal the ruling of the judge. Well, that just doesn't really happen here once an adjudication on the merits of the case has been made by a jury or a judge. It's kind of final. That's true. So let's go on to the the, the the best one we want to go. And Denise is going to kind of talk a little bit about this. But it, but interesting, in Sacramento, California, uh, there is an actual lawyer that's using his jet to fly pot, hash oil, from Sacramento to the East Coast. Now, he he apparently is renting this 
mansion for 10000 a week, I mean a month, in Granite Bay, which those of you who don't know is a very affluent area, not a little bit affluent, I'm going to say for across the nation, one of the most affluent areas across the nation, um, not like the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, but very affluent, and uh, apparently he's using his little old tiny jet, it's a Learjet, to fly stuff back and forth, and he got caught. Is it What happened there, Denise? Well, he first of all, he's an attorney, and he's licensed to practice law in New York and New Jersey. He was flying between Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Sacramento, right. and he was t- uh, distributing uh, marijuana. They caught him with $80,000 in cash, vacuum-sealed bags, along with cashier's checks for $450,000. Um, they then executed, they, meaning the police executed on a search warrant, um, in Cameron Park, where he had an industrial uh, suite, and they found what they could, I guess what you would call an oil extraction uh, kind of a business set up in there, and they had 50-gallon drums of alcohol and a bucket that can, contained a chemical which helped to extract the oils, and there was a 1,000 pounds of marijuana and concentrated ca- cannabis from this lab. Right, so he was taking oil and marijuana, and he was distributing around. We don't know exactly the full force of where he was going, but he was doing it out of Sacramento area and distributing it to different states. And why is this important? Because everyone's thinking, well, in California, it's legal to do this, and you can get a uh, you can get a, a a permit to do this. But what have we always said, Denise, here on Radio Law Talk about the issue of okay, the state this state passes it, and that state passes, but what's the problem? Well, if this is federal court, and it's not legal under federal law. That's right. But um, more importantly, it probably would not be legal under state law either, which Todd can describe that because, you know, Todd has gone over those marijuana laws um, that were brought up in the state of California and passed. Yeah, it's, it's not a catch-all where, or, or a blanket. Now that it's legal, you can do whatever you want. You still have to apply with the state for various licenses, a license to grow, a license to sell. Interestingly enough, in the state of California, California, I think there's seven different licenses. Any takers as to which type of license was the one most applied for by a huge margin? Guess, Denise, which one? A marijuana license? Yes, which which one? The license to grow, the license to sell, the oh. license to... Oh, the license to sell. The license to sell. Fred? I'm going to go grow. Grow? It was the licensed transport. Oh, the distribution. The distribution okay. license was the one that was viewed as the most because you don't have as many record keeping. You don't have to talk about how many plants you're growing, what you're doing here. It's just what did you pick up? Where did you drop it off? How much did you have? And distribute. it's all about distribution and logistics and this kind of stuff, getting it from point A to point B. Although I would say that may be one of the most dangerous positions because it's the distribution aspect that might be the most to be knocked off by folks that want to get their pot for free. Well, you know what's interesting that I do, uh, you know, I uh, shake hands with a number of people and one that's an individual that is the super nice guys, not without naming names, have really nice things, have a nice luxury suite at Arena. And you know what they do for a living? They're consultants for marijuana grow and marijuana distribution and mar- anything to do with marijuana in California. What they do is they help you get through the government regulations and, and file things and get everything done properly because you can, everything is, if you do it right, is legal and you can make a lot of money doing it. And they have made a killing mm-hmm. at being consultants on getting through the process with the government to do things legally. Now, something that I was really curious about, we'll probably hear about this coming up, but one thing I was curious about is whether or not they actually took his Learjet you know, and and oh. and captured it and took it in, and now it's evidence. Um, I I I think we're going to find out about that within the next few weeks. Here's an interesting thing about him, though. There's a lot of former. Don't forget, this is the the marijuana laws have changed in California only recently, but since 2005 on forward, he's had former issues with crimes and being busted for marijuana-related stuff all the way back to 2005. Yeah, and I don't understand how it can still be licensed in New York and New Jersey with those type of crimes because if it's a crime of moral turpitude, then he's supposed to get disbarred. Maybe it's just taking a long time for them to get to it. I'm not sure, but 
it doesn't take much to get disbarred when you're doing criminal activity. You know, one interesting thing I saw as I was looking at the facts of all of this is you know, you're talking about $80,000 in cash, $450,000 in cashier's checks, the amount, the weight of the marijuana. I mean, part of that doesn't really seem like a whole lot, given that when we first did our first show about marijuana and doing the calculation, if you were really good at growing, you could have almost, if everything was optimal, up to $120,000 of marijuana for your own personal use based upon the street value if you were really good at growing it and how things go. So, I mean, this is, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not much more than what you could have for personal use. The big thing was the oil and the production back at the house. Right, I think the extract oil for sure, because isn't that what they, is, is, don't they use the oil to create hashish? I don't know. I, uh, you know what? I'm not a marijuana guy. But you know what, guys? Remember the Oregon problem, the overproduction issue. It is an issue. Overproduction is driving the price down. When we first did that show, overproduction was not a problem. In Oregon, they say that they've had to toss out tons and tons, supposedly toss out, which usually means gets exported to other states illegally. Wow. Because of over- overproduction. Well, which maybe is- it stopped the cartels from coming here. Well, and it's interesting you compare that to Nevada, which had the exact opposite problem. They didn't have enough to meet the demand right. once they had uh, once they had passed it. So. And Canada too. Remember, Canada passed that, and all of a sudden they had no. They did, they couldn't even get businesses up to date yeah. to be able to certify. Quick takes. Yeah, let's do some quick takes, Cal. Works for me. All right, let's start with uh, Denise. Do you have yours up? Let's start with Todd. We can start with Todd. All right, so I'm waiting for Illinois to authorize a new security system to protect people from their own activities when it comes to uploading pictures on Facebook. Because it's an internal process, the new security system will be called insecurity, and everybody suffers (laughs) from it. There you go. Denise. All right, well, one thing we know about Epstein's death and his lack of having children, there's going to be a huge group of people trying to get DNA testing, so invest in 23andMe. <laughs> All I got to say is I'm going to finish mine and we're going to go out. Here it is. Given the U.S. Transportation Department ruling allowing mini horses on planes, next time I fly, I'm bringing three miniature horses on the plane pulling a mini wagon made out of the drink cart. We'll be back next week. <laughs> You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.